Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. The God that can do anything. Glory to God. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to his power that was working in you. Glory to God. He's here this morning. Glory to God. Now we gathered together in his name. He promised. He, he, just, he just does exactly what he says he's going to do. We'll do our part. He'll be here. Glory to God. You do your part, he'll, he'll respond. He said, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's a good day. Glory to God. It's the Father's Day. It's the Father's Day. Glory to God. I'm going to do my best to let you sit down. Just give somebody a high five and say, this is going to be a great day. Thank you, Jesus. We're glad for those that are here today. And we're glad if this is your first time, we want to say thank you for being here. And we have a special gift just for you. Uh, all of, if you're, if, this is just for the first time guests. Do you know what I'm saying? And so you make sure that you see some of the host in the lobby and let them know that this is your first time here. We want to give you something and let you know we appreciate your presence. And um, if this is your first time viewing by live stream, thank you for being here as well. And uh, you're part of us. Amen. Glory to God. Why don't you give them, give them a hand clap so they know you appreciate them. Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. Well, we're going to dismiss our 180 at this moment. They're go- this is their small groups. and. And we thank God for our youth ministry, and it's doing good. Amen? Yeah. Doing good. Yeah. Glory to God. I want to just uh, say, while they're doing that, while they're, uh, I want to remind you, next Sunday, we're going to have special services on Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, and then again Sunday night at 7. Bob Nichols will be with us, great man of God. Uh, uh, the richness of the decades that God has in him. You want to follow someone that's not a novice. Okay? It's overcome all their mistakes. <laughs> Truly. Uh, not that, not that, that, that we don't do things new. I mean, you know. But uh, God is 
perfected an ability through people that have been around for a while that have endured and conquered obstacles and it gives you an encouragement. Now the spirit that, that God is, has on, it's the Holy Spirit, but the, the calling, I'll, I'll say it this way, the gifting that God has on Bob Nichols is very important to this moment. That's what I want to say to you, to this moment. And I want you to invite somebody. Statistics show that people go to church when they're invited. It, that, that's true. Most people won't go unless they're invited. Wow, that went really big. Invite people. Invite people. Do you love them enough to get outside your little box? Invite somebody. Say, you've got to go with me. Jesus put it another way. said, compel them. Compel them. I'm going to pick you up at this time. Compel them. Okay? If you knew, now think about this for a minute. If you knew a secret that nobody else knew, they didn't know it. And you had your, you'd call all your loved ones and say, listen, get over there before it runs out. I've called my, my kids and told them, son, now you get down there at, at the supermarket right now. Do you understand? Now. Drop what you're doing. Get down there. Okay? That's what we're talking about. The urgency of the moment is important, but it's What's also important is our recognition of that moment. So I want to encourage you to bring somebody, invite somebody. You ought to be doing that all the time anyway. Wow. Okay? You ought to be, you ought to be doing that anytime. You're, you're, they're VIPs. We're making room for them. Amen? Amen? All right. That's next Sunday morning and then 7 o'clock Sunday night. You say, well, Pastor Ronnie, we're not a, a, used to two, two services on Sunday. Well, guess what? Get used to it. That's right. I used to swear I'll never go back to a Sunday night service. But you know what? I've kind of come to the conclusion. I don't care when we meet, just as long as we meet. I don't care how often we meet. Okay? I just want to be in the room when he moves. So I don't want you to forget that, all right? Now, I want to share with all of the fathers today. In fact, today is the... Well, I'll get into that in just a moment. I had Art Aragon text me, Pastor Art, from California, and he's going to be visiting with us here very soon. But he texted me this morning, and it was, it was so good that I, I'm, I'm taking it not only to what he texts to me, but I thought I'd share this with all the dads. And uh, I want you to hear this. Fatherhood is a privilege given by God. And with that privilege comes the power to impact lives, to protect your families from human predators, from corrupt television programs, movies, music, books, friends, and other people or influences that enter into a child's life. 
You are the man of God chosen to be the father of your children. God could have picked anyone on earth for this task. But in his infinite wisdom, he chose you. So today I celebrate you. You are a man and a man of God. And ordained, anointed father. Happy Father's Day, Pastor Art Aragon. And I couldn't have said it any better, so that's why I read it. So I wanted to give that to you. Uh, if, well, let's just look at this. Where did we go here? Go with me to Romans chapter 8. This is the day that we do celebrate. I'm talking about this 24-hour period. We honor and celebrate fathers. And by the way, I want to make something very clear. I want to clear. Everybody say clear. clear. This is emphatic. This is dogmatic. This is truth that, that even though the world in believing their lies may try to deny, but this is emphatic. And if you disagree, you have a right to be wrong. Women can never be a father. Just like men can never be mothers. Now they'll give you all kinds. You know the world, the devil so influences the world. And the world has, they don't know what truth is. That's amazing to me. I stand in amazement how dark people's understanding is. And it's not from a, I don't mean it from a, what I say, condemnation. I mean it from, I don't comprehend how far Humanity has been perverted in their thinking. I am grateful that I have met the truth. And because, I, because we are, we should be wanting to, to tell people the truth. Now, always remember this. I got, I got a little sidetracked, but I want you to get this. Truth is very bold. Truth is bold. And it doesn't apologize for it. I woke up the other morning just this, you know, kind of, you, you know how you're half asleep, half awake? I was about half asleep and half awake, and I woke up. And this is what echoed inside me. Truth is bold. Lies are pastels. You know what a pastel is? A pastel color. You know what baby blue is? Like, like a, a blue like uh, Joe's got in on his shirt here. That, bold, that pastel kind of a blue. It's not dark blue. It's not a in your face. Truth gets in your face. Well, that went really big. 
Now you know why I'm... <laughs> Lies are pastels. They're very subtle. They come across really gentle. They come across and just sweep you in that direction. Now, you all understand I'm not talking about colors. I'm not talking about colors. That's the, the way the devil lies to us. He takes a little bit of truth and he mixes it with a lie to make it be so subtle. Always remember that. Truth is not that way. Truth will never apologize to you. And truth will just be truth. It's absolute. It's absolute. You understand what I'm saying now? So you understand what I mean by that phrase. I like pastel colors sometimes, particularly when, when you know, it's summertime. I like pastel because it doesn't draw the sun to bam. Okay. But boldness of truth is what this generation needs. Truth doesn't apologize. And truth, listen carefully, does not appease for your feelings. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. All right. You found Romans chapter 8? This is not only the day we celebrate fathers, but I want to emphasize this is the Father's Day. Now, I want you to get that title. This is the Father's Day. This is the time period in human history where the plan of God is being fulfilled. In other words, Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world for this moment. Okay? That means from the very fall of Adam and Eve, God had a plan. And that plan was to bring humanity into sonship. I want you to get that phrase, sonship. Now, that doesn't mean that, that we're not referring to male or female here. And I'll show you these verses here in just a minute. We're talking about sonship. That was the plan of God all along. To take Adam and Eve and bring them into sonship. It has to do with maturity. Many of God's people do not discern these moments. We think that Jesus went to the cross only to save us from our sins and to give us a hereafter when we die. Those things are fundamentally true, but there are some other things that are fundamentally true that go with that. And if you don't discern it, there are many churches, they'll think that that's all, that, that's all this is. To save you from your sins so that you have a life hereafter when you die. 
And they're satisfied with that. In the meantime, what God wants to do with, with humanity, God went through centuries after century after century after century to get you and I to the point that we're living after the cross. Everybody say after. That's where you are in human history. All of that was led up to that pivotal point. After the pivotal point of the cross, there was something else that God had in mind. That's why he brought everything to the cross. You follow what I'm saying? Watch what, I'm, watch what we read here. Romans chapter 8. We'll read verses 11 through 17. I may read it out of a couple of different translations. We're going to start with the King James. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. The whole purpose of raising up Jesus from the dead is to give you his spirit to live in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive. That word quicken means make alive. Your mortal bodies. How? By or because of His Spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, because of this, I want everybody to get this. The reason why Jesus came is so that His Spirit could live within you. Okay? Therefore, brethren, we are not debtors to live uh, to the flesh, to live after the flesh. Now, what is the flesh? The flesh is just the hunk of meat that you carry around. Sometimes it gets boring, and it, it's a struggle to walk around in this hunk of flesh. Because this hunk of flesh has been programmed, the fallen human nature of, of Satan, Satan's Nature is in the flesh. Okay? That's what makes men act like animals. Animalistic in desire, in intent, motive, uh, reasoning. How many of you have heard this phrase? It's a dog eat dog out there, world out there. Well, dogs scrapping for the same bone. And so we think that we have to deal with other dogs, or dog-like nature, scrapping for the same bone. And God's saying, listen, I got enough bones to go around. Constant competition with other humans. And listen, I love you. I love you. I'm going to talk straight to you. Here's tro truth and boldness. Men, you could never compete in life because we're all unique. I always wanted to be tall and handsome like Paul over here. But how many of you know, uh, Jesus said it this way in Matthew. I can, and not get one inch taller. So there's really no competition between me and Paul. 
None. He's kind of got olive skin. And I've got this gringo skin that turns red in the sun. And I mean, it doesn't take very much sun. Okay, there's no competition. Why do we make it a competition? There is no way that I can compete with Zona. No way. I can't compete with Zona. I don't know how in the world we think we can. I can't compete with her. But that fallen human nature of the flesh keeps that competitive competition going. She will always be the beautiful wife and mother that she is. I could never match that. Never. Now, she can't be as rough. You know what I mean? She, when she gets up here, I said, you said, you just said it so nicely. And I'm up here. <laughs> you know what I mean? But guess what's all, all in the world? What's going on right now? How in the world do we think that a male body is going to be able to compete with a female body? Now, you talk about insanity, but yet it is continuous. And it's getting more open because it's to show the church you're not dealing with flesh and blood. You're dealing with demonic influences. Now, let me go back to reading. I know some of you praying. Go back to reading, Pastor Ronnie. Therefore, we're not debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh. So that lying devil that's in our flesh, we're not a debt to, we don't, we don't owe it anything. For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. You will die to what God called you to be if you start living after the flesh. But if you through the Spirit do mortify, you understand what mortify is? That's where we get our word mortuary. Mortify, watch this, watch this, watch this. It didn't say mortify the body. It says mortify the deeds of the body. The deeds, the actions, the intents. The reasoning of that fallen human nature that dwells in the body is what you are to mortify. Put to death. Restrain it. Discipline it. Bring it into subjection. Now this is, a, this is something that we don't want to talk about. We're going to talk about Father here in just a minute. You stand with me? If you, if you do this right, I'll let you out enough and enough time to eat that brisket that dad's got on the grill. Okay. 
But he said, if you do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit, not the Spirit of God, not, not the attitudes of the flesh. They are the sons of God. Now, I want everybody say sonship. sonship. I want you to understand when we're talking about sons, we're not talking about male and female right here. We're talking about, we're talking about a legal heir. Okay? For if we have, we have not received the spirit, again, uh, uh, sp the spirit of bondage again to fear, the Spirit of God is not to bring you into to bondage to fear again. Quite the contrary. It's to bring you into a freedom of what you was actually brought, brought, created for. Okay? <clears throat> but you have received the Spirit of adoption. Now that word adoption, it doesn't just mean somebody, it, 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 it happens actually means maturity. It has to do with a legal, let me get, get the, it's a term referring to full legal standing of an adopted. I adopt the life of Christ to my life. You understand? Now, anyone that was adopted met that legal requirement. In other words, if, if we did use adoption and don't have any uh, physical uh, bloodline and we did adopt somebody under this legal term here, you could never, never, ever put that kid away. You could come more disowning your bloodline than you could once this legal adoption took place. You could never disown them from that point on. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I want you to get this. It, it's, a, it's a legal thing that is all-encompassing that cannot be abandoned. Cannot be abandoned. Now, but you talk about kicking the devil in the head. We have received the spirit of adoption. And I like the... I like that phrase, spirit of adoption. Not just a legal thing. Now we've got the heart of the purpose of the legal legalities. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself, it says in the King James, itself, but it should refer to Himself. Beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Amen. We are the children of God. We are the children of God. Amen. It lets you know that 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 you know 
that you are a child of God. Amen. That's why I say if anybody's guessing at it, then we got to get you to know that you know that you know that you know that you know and there ain't enough devils in hell, enough news media or society itself that can talk you out of it. You just know because you've met the legal requirement and now the spirit witnesses with your spirit. Now, you know this applies on Monday. This is, the, this is the time period God was looking for. Now, watch this. And if children, if we're children of God, then heirs. Now, there's where you understand sonship. We're coming into a realm where we are understanding what we've inherited. Trey was referring to a little bit earlier. And if heirs, then heirs of God. If we know that we're the children of God, then we know we're heirs of God. My father has given me an inheritance. And if heirs of God and joint heirs, with Christ. Everybody say joint. joint. Now, I want you to get this. That means that whatever Jesus inherited from his obedience to the Father through his death, burial, and resurrection. I have now become a joint heir in his obedience. So whatever the Father gave Jesus, I'm a joint heir with. Now you understand why he said, you can use my name. I've been given a name that's above every name. That's why we don't want to use your name. We want to use my name. Because you're a joint heir in my obedience. We use your name. I'd have to be a joint heir in your disobedience. <laughs> so we're not using Ronnie Allen's name. We're using the name that's above every name. That every knee bows to. Every tongue confesses to. But not only his name, but the very spirit, nature, character, attitude, reasoning that raised him from the dead now can live in me. It's increasingly important that you comprehend what I just said. Because the times, the end of the church age is going to demand the believer to move out of childishness. You still with it? Let's read it out of the NIV real quick. 
Because I got one other place we need to go. Look at this. And if this spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds, do you hear that? The misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought, you about, your, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You got verse 17? There we go. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. Amen. It's increasingly important that you comprehend this. I'm talking about have a consciousness of it 24-7. Now, let's go to another place. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. What we're talking about is this is what the, the, the time period that the Father looked at from the foundation of the world. To where you would have access, listen carefully, to the Father. The same access to the Father, the God, the Creator, the Almighty. The same access to the Father that Jesus had while He was here on earth. Same access. In fact, not only the same access, but the same fellowship. Not only the same fellowship, but the same privilege. Now this is amazing. Fallen human nature wants you to live like a dog, like an animal. But God wants you to live the way He created you to live. He never wanted you to be subjected to the weak and beggarly elements of this system. Never. You found Galatians chapter 4. Verses 1 through 7. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, or I'm going to put it another way, childish, differs nothing from a servant 
though he be Lord of all. But is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. The Father had an appointed moment. Did you get that? An appointed moment. What is that moment? That was the cross, the death, the burial and resurrection. At that moment, everything changed. Everything changed. That's the plan that God had from the foundation of the world. I am going to get them back and felt. Let me, I'm going to be just straight out with you. Do you ever wonder why God, why did God ever create man? What was his purpose? What was he thinking? I didn't say the animal. I'm talking about what was he, what did he have in mind? Let's just be honest. No one here today in the sound of my voice had a choice in the matter. You didn't have a choice. So what did God have in mind? God wanted a big family. A big household. Now, you say, well, why, why would he want so... How come he... Why does God want heaven full of humanity? Why does he want people to feel heaven? Because you're his children. You were created in his image and in his likeness. Now, I suppose that God is so big, so loving, so eternal, so perpetual, so true, the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he had to have a whole bunch of us in order to love the way he wanted to love. One wouldn't do. <laughs> One wasn't enough. I can see, uh, there, there's a lot of people say, one's more than enough. <laughs> but that ain't the way God looks at it. See, if, you are, if you're beginning to comprehend the love of God, and that's the love of the Father, and, and, and the magnitude of who, that's, God is love. The, if you can ever understand the magnitude of God's love, I mean, in which I can't say that we will. We're going to be searching that throughout eternity. But the magnitude, the size of it, the mega of it. One, one Adam and one Eve in the garden is not sufficient. Why do you suppose he told them, go be fruitful, multiply, so I can demonstrate it to its magnitude? I'm about to be, I wanted to teach this, but now I may be preaching it. Think about that for a moment. God looked through, through centuries of time from the foundation of the world, and he saw you. He saw me. And he said, I can't hardly wait. This is my time. 
where on a daily basis I can fellowship with them and walk with them never to be separated again in a crazy, mixed-up world and show them my love on, a great, on an everyday basis. I have a little sticker on the bathroom, hall bathroom. Nita had to reprint it because my printing wasn't real good. So she, she said, Dad, you kind of got sloppy. It really wasn't for everybody else, but it, it stuck right there for a long time. And this is what it said. Thank you, Lord, for the great love wherewith you have loved me and gave yourself for me. You take that and you say that to God every day about three or four times. I think maybe some of us need to move it off of the mirror and put it on the refrigerator. You visit that maybe more often. <laughs> Watch this, man. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent for his son made of a woman made under the law. Now understand the purpose of the law. The purpose of the law was a tutor and a governor. A manager of your life. The law is a manager. That's why you want to bring your children up. Listen carefully. You want to start bringing them up under rules and regulations of the Bible. A, a lot of people say, well, we don't live under the law no more. Wait just a minute. Hang on to your britches. You'll never know what is sin if you don't ever know what is required. Are you following? The law has never been supposed to be done away with. It's supposed to be fulfilled. I got news for you. And it also says that it might be fulfilled in us. Okay, you still with it? I get so excited whether to put my glasses on or off. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made, under one, made of a woman made under the law. That phrase made of a woman, notice it doesn't say made of a man. Why does it say that? Because he's only talking about one person could do this. This is the one, this is the one that, that uh, a woman's seed that is referred to in the book of Genesis. A woman doesn't have a seed. What was he talking about? He's talking about the virgin birth. There's only one like that. He had a virgin birth, a supernatural virgin birth, so that we could have a supernatural rebirth. Same category. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now remember what adoption is. It's a term referring to full legal standing as an heir. Okay. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Thou art no more a servant, but a son. 
And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Let's read that, please, out of the NIV. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is under age, immature, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. I want you to hear that. God's called, talking to church to grow up into what we're talking about. The heir is subjected to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. Now, you earthly fathers understand. You are a trustee and a manager of that child until they reach maturity or manhood. This pattern is the pattern that God set forth. That's why it's a pattern for your fatherhood today. Okay? Guess what? You start mapping out do's and don'ts. Why? Because that child has no understanding, has no maturity. And let me tell you, I love you fathers. I love you parents as a whole. It's tough to bring up children. But it's worth it. If you will follow the, follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit the way God deals with you. You got to call them out at times. You got to hold them accountable. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some bold statements right here. I, I love you. But we've let the medical field tell us our kids have HDHD or whatever, whatever verbiage it is. And so our kids are pumped full of stuff they don't need to be pumped full of all because we do not follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit in bringing them up. When I was a kid, I act like a kid. And when I was a kid, my, 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 my loving dad, he said, son, I always keep my word to you. So I never wanted dad to ever again have to tell me that. Are you following me? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the story. I was trying to get around it. But I'll show you what I'm talking about. My dad was a very loving man. All of, everybody outside the families told me, he said, man, he, well, my, parent, my, my siblings said he's a loving man too. And he was. And I learned most of my lessons from my siblings. But once in a while, I had to remind myself that I needed to, I had to learn my lesson from my own experience. The last time my dad ever spanked me, I was 12 years old. Now see, some of you, I just lost you. 
Let me put it this way. The last time he ever corrected me with a belt. And the reason why I did is we were in children's church. There was four or five of us boys, and we kind of acted up and gave the, the children's church director a hard time that day, clowning around. You know how boys do. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. And a lot of girls do too. Move on, Pastor Ronnie. We was acting up, and she told us all publicly, you know, in the children's church. He said, if you boys don't straighten up, I'm going to tell your parents. So, you know, you know how they straighten up for a little bit and then had to slip, slip off again. So, I didn't have no problem with her telling my dad when she did. She went and told, told my dad. Ronnie was acting up today in children's church. But she didn't tell any other parent. There's where I had the problem. I was the scapegoat. And so she told, she told Dad. And uh, uh, Dad let me know, we're going to deal with this. I said, okay. Now, you have to understand my dad. He may go two or three days and think, you think he's forgotten it. It's kind of like the Heavenly Father. So I'll never forget my brother that's just older than me, him and his wife, came, I think it's a couple of days later, maybe it's on a Tuesday, came to eat at our house at supper that evening. And uh, Larry knew what was going on. My dad's reading the paper after he got through eating. And I begged Larry, I begged Larry and Beverly, I said, stay. <laughs> I said, stay. I said, stay, don't, don't leave. And Larry, Larry just kind of grinned. <laughs> For all the hassles you ever gave me, son. You, I am going, we got to go home, Ronnie. That's exactly what he said to me. We got to go home. I can't stay any longer. So after they left, dad says, now go to your room and wait until I get there. And he just kept reading his paper. So I went in the room and I waited. Laid on the bed, got up off the bed, walked around, waited, waited, and waited. Now, here's the key. My dad was contemplating. I didn't know this at the time. Years later, I figured it out. He was contemplating how to deal with it. Out of, not out of anger and frustration. Do you know why God sometimes takes so long to judge situations? He wants to deal out of love and not harshness. He's going to see how you respond. So Dad, Dad came, came in there later and he said, Ronnie, now we've talked about this. You know better than this. So lean across the bed. So I did. And he hit me three times. And that third time, I made a promise to myself. This old man will never do this again. <laughs> now, I didn't say anything to him. 
But I made my commitment right then. And you know what? I never did anything worthy to get that again. It wasn't my... <laughs> Folks, you got to understand the love of the Father. And if you've never been corrected, then you're not legitimate. That's exactly what the Bible says. You're not legitimate. Did I read verse 7? Oh, my goodness. Is that how long you can remember what I said? No, we're caught up about you getting it, Pastor Ronnie. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. We're no longer just a child. God dealt with humanity in all of its childishness through centuries of time. Came to the cross and he says, this is the day that I'm looking for. After the resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, God started a new breed, a new species of humanity. That breed or new species of humanity is now those that have been born of the Spirit. Filled with this very Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, whereby we can call God our Father and speak to Him on the level that Jesus Himself talked to Him and fellowshiped Him. Are you following? Glory to God. And it was the day that He birthed on the day of Pentecost what we call the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what this is really all about. It's not going through some ritual. It's not someone breathing down your neck to make you sure you do right or to make sure you tithe or to make sure your motives are pure because every one of you that is a believer can have the Spirit of God in you to give you witness, give you testimony to yourself that you're a child of the Most High. And He wants you and I to go out there and share that with other people so that they know that they're not, they don't have to be afraid of their Creator. One last verses. This is out of John chapter 14. Oh, you and I get to live in a privileged time. This is what the Bible says the prophets looked into and desired to see. This is the moment you and I live in. And we're over here whining like two-year-olds. Our country, our society can be affected by you having that witness on the inside of you. That's what changes it. Listen to this. John 14. We'll read sixes, this is verse 6 through 17. We're almost, we're almost there. We're almost there, okay? Jesus saith unto Thomas and the other disciples, unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Many people quote that wrong. 
He specifically said it in a certain way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I like to put it like this. He's the way to the truth, which is the life. God don't want you to live a lie that your flesh is telling you. He wants you to live the way He created you to live. So He's the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh to the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. And Philip answered unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us, or will be sufficient. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long a time with you, and, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, show us the Father? The image, listen carefully, the image of Jesus by being born again, filled with His Spirit, the image of Jesus comes to live in you. I want to say that one more time. I'll put it a different way, maybe. The image of the only begotten Son comes to live in you. So you're no longer under the rudiments and the elements of a system that only deals with external things but deals with the very nature of the external thing. Gets down to the very root that caused humanity to sin to begin with. The lie that is perpetrated and misled human beings. Are you still here? Glory to God. The very spitting image of the Father Himself. Oh, if you've known me, you should have known my Father also. You know Him and have seen Him. Now that's a bold statement. You've got to let that thing sink in a minute. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it suffices us. And Jesus said, I've been so long with you and you've not known me, Philip. He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest then, show us the Father? Question. When they look at you, what do they say? Guess what they should be saying? What can, you, if you'll receive the adoption of sonship, they won't see you anymore. I'll be glad the day that Jesus helps Zona not to see Ronnie Allen anymore. <laughs> She'll be glad. <laughs> Believest thou not that I am in the Father? And the Father in me, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. 
but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. So we're not trying to perform to reach the standard. The standard now has come to live inside of us. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Truly, truly, or verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these, because I go unto my Father. And watch verse 13, because I want you to hear it. Let it ring in you. Listen carefully. And whatsoever... Ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified. Listen carefully. I'm going to show you. I'm going to shake you up in the sun. Now that's going to shake religious heads plumb totally up. Because he just got through telling us we've received the spirit of the sun. If we receive the Spirit of the Son, whatsoever I ask the Father in His name, that will He do that the Spirit of the Son that's in me might be glorified. Amen. Now you understand that song that we sang before I got up here. Every prayer I pray is on an empty grave. It means that Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave, and I am now a joint heir with Him. That was not only His empty grave, that was my empty grave that my fallen human nature deserved to die in. So now when you pray, you're not praying some spitball prayer hoping that it'll stick to something. You're praying a prayer in total confidence and boldness over that relationship because now you've reached an age of understanding of all the times you went to Sunday school and you were forced to go to read your Bible. Memorize those verses. Hello. Go to church on Sunday when you don't want to go. Hello. <laughs> You're almost there? We're almost there. And whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything, in my name, I will do it. I will do it. 
I will do it. I will do it. God is going to change our society by the outpouring of his spirit. This is the heart of God, the nature of God. We're asking something according to his will. He hears us. And we know that if he hears us, we do have what we ask. We're not trying to convince him. We're not trying to beg him. We're not trying to work it out. We are saying, you told us to ask anything in your name according to your will, and you will do it. You will do it. That means your family. It's acting like a bunch of renegades. He wants them more saved than you do. So when you ask in his name, he's willing. He said, I will do it, not maybe. Flesh doubts God. We only got two verses, so just hang on. If you love me, Keep my commandments. He's commanding you to walk in what he paid for. He's commanding you to do it. Oh, man. Let me stop here. This is worth it. You'll get to eat that barbecue. And you'll enjoy it if you let me finish not, you could have an upset stomach. <laughs> think about this for a minute. Do you think God would plan his day? You live in the day. This is the Father's day. This is what he's longed for. Or for humanity to be on a level that he could fellowship with them and share his love and all of his goodness to, this is what he looked forward to. Do you think God is going to pay that price, work out his plan for centuries of time for us to be negligent? Not take it seriously? Let me put it this way. How many of you have ever, I guess the best way to, let me see if I can put it this way. <clears throat> How many of you ever brought, bought somebody, let's say a kid, a birthday gift that, and you brought it and you went out and you searched. You're trying to remember when you was a kid. And you brought it to them on, and they would tear it open, thanks, and left it there. And, <laughs> how, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You bought them Star Wars and they wasn't into Star Wars. Whatever. Do you think God... How, how do you think that would be to God to, to buy the most precious gift of all? To set you up in a position to live like royalty the rest of your life. I'm talking about not when you die. I'm talking about the moment you receive Amen. to live like royalty the rest of your life. Amen. 
And you just say, oh, well, thanks, that's nice. One of these days when I get to heaven, it'll be worth it all. That's what a lot of Christians do right there. One of these days when I, instead of unwrapping it, embracing it for the now. For the now. At this ugly moment of circumstances. Embrace it now. And, and why Christians are so hopeless is beyond me. Because the very, listen, the very nature, the very power of God is made available to you. You're a joint heir with it. When you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That the Father Spirit would be glorified in the Son Spirit that He put within you. You want the Father to be happy with His plan for you. I, I don't know. Jesus, I'm having trouble here getting this expressed everything the way I want it expressed. If I bought a thousand dollars worth of meat at HEBs, paid for it. And when I paid for it, I had you in mind. And you're over there been meatless for months. And I and I came over there and I gave you a receipt. And I, I, I bought and paid for this. And I'm telling you, go down there to HEB with this receipt and collect your meat. And you took the receipt, stuffed it in your pocket. You may have said a half, halfway thank you. And then you go home and bellyache because you ain't had no meat. What did that say about the giver? What did that say to the giver, I mean? Now you understand what God's saying to us. Now, I don't, I don't see why he doesn't just slap us around a little bit. Get your tail down there. I know what Zona would say. I know what Zona would say to me. You get down there now, you drop everything you're doing and you go get this now. And some of us just lollygag around. Oh, we got to go to church this Sunday. It's Father's Day. When you don't understand, this is the Father's Day. Holy Ghost, make them uncomfortable until they get it. <laughs> Go down there and get it. Go down there and get it. Glory to God. Are you ready? Yes. Y'all ready? Yes. Glory to God. We only got a couple of minutes now. I want you to stand to your feet, please. If you can stand. If you can't stand, we're going to pray until you can stand.
God's going to make you to be able to stand. You need to stand in this. Don't apologize for it because uh, about it. Glory to God. Father, I thank you right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your goodness. We worship you right now. Father, I thank you for every need has already been gloriously provided for. Every need represented here. Spirit, soul, body. Thank you, Father. Help us to honor you in this day of the Father. Help us to receive Right now, I come against every lie of the devil that's keeping us from receiving all that the Father has paid for. I thank you today, Lord God, that the Spirit of the Son rises up and takes a hold of us in our reasoning, in our thinking, in our intentions, in our desires. Help us to live the life that you have provided for us and quit squandering our life like a beggar. But to live in the realm of authority live in the realm of the privilege of the Most High, that we can be like the example of Jesus, that we can ask anything in that name, and you will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Spirit of the Son. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, yes, yes. Ask and you shall receive. Ask largely of me. Your faith has been in intimidated, squawked and mocked at, made fun of until you haven't stepped out into the bigness of my provision. But today, I'm calling you out. I'm correcting your thinking. I'm drawing you by my spirit. Step into what I've made you to be. Quit acting like a two-year-old and act like you're in the father and son business. Glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. Ask largely of Him. You've been wondering how this is going to happen. Lord, it's gone on in my life so long, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how you could do it. Today, He's calling you out. And He's telling you to get rid of that stinking thinking and rise to the level of what's been paid for. And ask largely of him. Don't balk at it. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The goodness of God. Can you out-ask God's ability to give? Can you out-ask God's willingness to do? Then why do you, why do we, why do we ask for scraps? Glory to God. Now you, you're getting to an understanding of what the Bible reading's about. Like going to church. You're getting to understand why when, when, when he talks about sowing and reaping. When he's talking about forgiving. He's talking about bringing you into a maturity. Ah, there's somebody here today. More than one. Somebody viewing by live stream that has not forgiven over puny things that has kept you back. It's time, the Father says, forgive and move on into the realm that I'm calling you to. Quit bringing it up. Quit squawking about it. Glory to God. You've been given the privilege to be in the father and son business the way Jesus and the father were in business on earth. He said, what I do, I must be about my father's business. Glory to God. Glory to God. Make a decision right now. Get over your stinking self. Make a decision today. Today, I'm going to live my life after the Father's business. I'm going to live after the, what He's paid for. My Father and I are one. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. A miracle is right here, right now. Glory to God. Oh, man. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Man. Glory to God. Glory to God. Listen, listen carefully. Quit listening to the excuses of the weaknesses of your fallen human nature. Mortify it. Glory to God. Quit reading the Bible as if that was a fairy tale out there in fairyland somewhere. The things that happened in the Bible were written for our admonishment. And I'm admonishing you right now. Those things literally happened, my friend. They're not a fairy tale. Quit put it in the category of the tooth fairy. Understand that same God is the same God today in this generation as he was when David slew Goliath. Daniel was slept in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fiery furnace. Same God today. 
Glory to God. And he's your father and he calls you his children and he gives you his name that's above every name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you'll grab a hold of this, it won't be long till God will get a hold of your loved ones that have been acting like a bunch of renegades and shake them. You're not beggars. You stand in that place that Jesus stood. He didn't beg the Father for anything. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Father, I thank you right now for healing. Healing people. Healing their spirits, first of all. Restoring their soul so they can think in line with you. Fill them full of your spirit. Put a fire in their bones. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Make them come alive. Instead of living like dead men. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Mm, mm, mm. Richard, you got to sing because if I don't sing, I don't know. I may take another hour. Oh, da, 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 sing, this, sing this song. This is so good. Your father's been so good to me. He's so good. Take just a minute before I'm, I'm going to pray over you in just a minute. But just pray. I mean, just worship God with this. And, and, and get beyond your limitations. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, Father, if there's anyone here in this auditorium or viewing by live stream that does not know you, Lord, I thank you that your spirit is what drew them here. Lord, I thank you that it's simple. Help them just to call upon the name that's above every name. Help them to just say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Fill me with your spirit. If there's anyone like that, Father, it's not just repeating words after me but it's a heart yearning for your entrance but help them just to say Jesus come in glory to God now if that's you and you're here when we dismiss in a moment, you go to one of the hosts in the lobby area and you tell them, I made Jesus the Lord of my life today. We have a special material we want to give to you to help you enhance your walk with Jesus. Today is the best day of your entire life. Now, Father, as we leave this place today, 
to go and honor our fathers. Help us to remember that this is really your day. And we want to honor your, our life. Your life with our life. Now, Father, I thank you right now that your blessing is upon them. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that your grace surrounds them like a shield. Follows them wherever they go. I thank you that your voice is what they hear and the voice of another they won't follow. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have given your angels charge over us. Your family, their families, their properties and their goods. You've given us your name to use, which we invoke and declare in the name of Jesus. There'll be no tragedy named among any of us. And Lord, as we leave this place, fill us so full of your love that every person we come in contact with can't help but make note. They've been touched, contacted by uniqueness and difference. Let them be touched by your love through us with the truth of the gospel. We give you the praise and thanksgiving in the name of Jesus. Amen. Bring somebody next Sunday morning, next Sunday night. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.